Blog Talk Radio. Priestess and the Cauldron, a podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Here we go. No kidding. It's been a spell, hasn't it? It has. It's been a while. I know, I know. We have. It feels so strange. First of all, that I'm actually talking to you since for this long period of a couple of months we've barely talked and and <laughs> touch and go here. So it's been a real pleasure to to get back on here and do that. And obviously, yeah. I kind of missed the the deadlines of having to have subjects and things together, even though I was kvetching about it before when we. <laughs> Yeah. I guess that's what vacations do for you, huh? I know, right? You get kind of spoiled, and then you come back to the the groove of things, and you go, oh, yeah, I like doing this, even though it's work and it takes time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, really. So, well, you've had adventures on your own. I know, you know, you went off. You were out of country. You were doing all kinds yeah. of things. So, you know, to say, how have you been – is going to let you have a little bit of time to sit and, you know, pick through what you want to say. So I'm going to say, how have you been? <laughs> yeah, well, I've been good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I went to England and France, so I can't really complain. That was a big deal. And I went with my my 17-year-old, and we had an adventure, and we're gone for two weeks and did all the things that tourists do in those countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was amazing. And if you are, you know, if you're curious and you want to see pictures of our adventures, you can check out my Instagram, <laughs> Phoenix Lafay. Um, and then I got home for about ten days, and then I took off again to go to British Columbia, Canada, where I taught at a witch camp. So I was gone, you know, three days of planning and seven days of, of teaching, and uh, and it was re- actually really good. Sometimes teaching at a retreat like that is um, 
Well, it is exhausting even when it's good, but sometimes it's exhausting and it's it's more work than refueling. Mm-hmm. Um, and this wasn't. This was it was work. Don't get me wrong. And there was a little bit more emotional labor for me for dealing with some other people's stuff than I might normally take on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was really beautiful. And you know, sometimes because there's witchcraft and paganism and all this, it's my job. It's what I do. It's it's my life, twenty four seven. It's it's my spirituality, but it's also how I earn money. So mm-hmm. sometimes I can get really jaded because of, uh, well, to be totally blunt, because of some of the other people that are also trying to do this as their job. And it, then it's not just about making money for me. That That's nice so that this can be my full-time gig, but it's not my primary purpose. You know, my primary purpose is, is the work of it and I can get jaded. And sometimes at at big events like that, it just deepens my feelings of being jaded, but this Mm -hmm. time it didn't, it was restorative. And I met so many, you know, there were over 80 witches at this event and they were all so earnest and humble and true and doing hard things and looking at the way that they've internalized racism and misogyny and and looking at how we as a community can become better people and how we interact in our home communities it was just very empowering and positive and I need more of that in my life so it's really good and I just got back Sunday so you know it's uh, day five of being back in my real world Uh, and I have I have a huge deadline looming. My partner Gwen and I have a book contract that's due on Samhain, and uh, we haven't really started it yet. <laughs> oh, so, goody. you know, real real life has crushed in pretty quick. But my real life is also awesome. So I don't know. I'm feeling. I was so nervous and such high anxiety before my Europe trip. And I was dealing with a lot of physical stuff and, and some um, health-related stuff. And a lot of that's either been resolved or I'm starting to figure out. And I, I'm just in a much better place than I was before I left. So that's good because I was worried it would be the opposite. Yeah. yeah. But how are you? How was your trip and what have you been up to this summer? Well, um <laughs> Well, let's put it this way. My journey to uh, Arkansas for three weeks was incredible. The first week I spent actually, I had all these plans of starting to look for houses and all the things I was going to do, and, and I basically, I, it was like somebody unplugged me, and I just hung mm. out, and I had fun with my granddaughter, and I had fun with my daughter, and, and I, I read, and I, I took naps, and I did all these wonderful things, you know, and that I enjoy um, doing but don't give myself enough space for because, as you find, as you've said, you know, our day-to-day life kind of, you know, takes on a lot more, especially with what we do. And so it was uh, wonderful. And then I began to get creative and, you know, I tend – when I get creative, it's like I start reading and taking notes and getting, you know, these ideas and I know – Honestly, this is my own feeling is when I wind up going to live there, that's when I'm going to start back on writing. I used to, you know, I loved writing. I wrote scripts and, you know, articles and different things over the years. But as my life got more complex, um, my 
time, my thoughts, I couldn't find the space to, you know, make that that openness to try to do yeah. it. And I'm talking even for a few hours kind of thing because just of the way. So I'm really looking, you know, for that as the future of my next level. But it gave me nice. time to do that. And crochet, I love crocheting. It's not because I do these wonderful, extravagant things I used to. But I, you know, I'll just sit there and I think, Everybody I know is going to get scarves this year because I'm going to do scarves because that was sort of the meditative experience and or little mini Afghans, you know, like the lap, uh, what they call, you know, what lap robe things. I mean, it's mm-hmm. mostly because I can, I just, I release a lot. So that was what I did. And then by the third week is when I started looking for things. So, and as it turns <laughs> out, you know, only in when it's time is the last day something yeah. came up. And it was yeah. it's really a great a great place. And so I, with my daughter, we we started plans of what we needed to do and you know what would be best. And she's been absolutely superb. You know, it, with her busy life and you know her stepson uh, went off to National Guard boot camp and and then graduated and you know I graduated high school and then they did all these things and you know so she's busy and so she's. She's done a really wonderful job um, putting the the you know the ground was it the pedal to the metal and moving uh, yeah. the energies and I came home I came home to you know the the regular stuff and actually it was good because it it kind of I started looking at what I have around here and I started you know prepping the place and you know so I'm I I got into the real world things and mm-hmm. that's great so and in the process. Um, reconnected to some gentleman I had known many years ago and um, we started up uh, we started up something and yes I'm saying this to be down for posterity Um, there's a a lot of of wonderful things that were part of a relationship that we had and, and then things changed in our lives and we went separate ways and and so reconnecting is setting, you know, like a foundation right now of what we both are now and our lives and everything. So we'll see where that goes and, and how that, that moves into everything. And Well, that's then, pretty big. <laughs> I don't do things by halves. <laughs> i got to go out and just, you know, whatever. But <laughs> that being said, you know, it's, um, it's also a challenge. And it's a challenge yeah. to a life that I've had set for many, many, many years. And, and right. But it is one that obviously its time has come, as they say. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, there you go. Um, and the rest of it is, um, I will say that there is a, a series of things happening under under the wire about um different things going on with my friend Alan and uh, his, you know, Dave and their mm-hmm. uh, production company, and there's some really wonderful things that are going to happen, I believe, very shortly. And I may be immortalized on the big hey. screen. I mean, nice. I was typecast. I was typecast as a witch. <laughs> you wouldn't guess, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> now, you know, obviously, I'm type. So we have live action, and and then they're doing uh, they're doing this incredible animation that you know 
I mean, the, the kind that's like real life looking animation. And yeah. he's, he's putting this together for Out in the Big World and getting funding and moving it. So I am oh. really happy for him. And um, in a small space, it's very funny because here's the thing. Back when I first started out of high school and everything, I wanted to be a world-famous actress. That was right. my big plan. And I wound up doing production, and I wound up writing and doing all that and then going off on a whole different tangent, and then eventually here I am. And I'm laughing, going, now wouldn't it be a freaking kick if after <laughs> 40, 50, well, uh, about 40 years, give or take, that yeah. that particular dream manifests in this way? Yeah, yeah, that would be funny. Yeah, I'm I'm just like, hmm, okay. So that's it. I, I leave it with nice. that. We can go to other people's questions and things since it's Ask a Witch and... Um, we got a lot of different people that came up with really good questions. Yeah, so that is the perfect segue that tonight is our Ask a Witch episode, Yay. which uh, we got a ton of questions this time. So that's really exciting, but that also means we can't get to everyone's questions. So if you are listening, excitedly waiting for us to read your question and you don't hear it, please submit it again. Uh, we won't go back and go through questions that we skipped because we are getting so many questions. We can only answer the ones that come in when we ask. So with that said, we we decided to pick some of our favorite questions to answer tonight and see how far we get. Yeah. <laughs> and there I were a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think you should take the very first question, dear. Okay, I can do that. So our first question comes from, let me scroll up, William. William says, there is a woman I like. A lot of her friends don't like me, and I think they are using Reiki on her to have her forget about me. What can I do to stop this? So the reason that I am so intent on including this question, because, you know, we talked about, what, what questions you wanted to include, is because there is a huge misconception in this question that I think is important to be addressed, and that is about Reiki. Um, you can't do Reiki on someone to make them forget. You can't do Reiki on someone to manipulate or control them. That's not what Reiki is. Uh, Reiki is a healing modality. The only way you can access Reiki healing is if you've gone through a training with someone who's gone through a training. It's a lineage of, of, of this specific healing modality. So even though there are books written about Reiki and you can go online and do Reiki stuff, none of that actually counts unless you've gone through a Reiki training with a Reiki master. That's the only time you have, like, I think I, I have a Reiki, I'm a level one Reiki practitioner and I did it like a million years ago and I don't even really remember all of it because it wasn't my thing. So I didn't continue to pursue it. But basically when you go through your Reiki training, the Reiki master opens up specific channels in your energy field and draws specific symbols on you and into your energy field so that you can later access this healing force for other people, for yourself, for the planet. But it's for healing. <laughs> it's not for manipulation or control. So her friends may not like you. 
but they're not doing Reiki on her to forget about you. That's not how it works. They may be doing Reiki on her to heal her from your relationship. Perhaps your relationship wasn't good for her. Uh, And so they're trying to help her heal any wounds or anything that is coming up for her around your relationship. So you may want to look at how you are in relationship with this person and how you might better approach dealing with her. Um, And if you think you're being forgotten, there's some self-work to do here. Is there anything you want to add to that, Elvira? Oh, hell no. That was really great. I mean, (laughs) when... When I read it, it was like my brain went, no, Reiki can't do that. And I am a Reiki master, so, I mean, technically, woohoo, I'm, I'm, and when I say woohoo, I went through the process. I wanted to do it. I yeah. initiated some other people uh, when they asked. Um, and now, you know, for me, doing Reiki is actually a constant. I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah. doing it as a, uh, you need healing, I'm doing this. It's, it's what I do along with the other uh, work that I have done in the Hawaiian tradition, so which is separate from Reiki. Reiki is Asian. Um, actually, it's Japanese. Um, so it, it kind of made me kind of look at this and go, it probably is some other form. If they're doing anything, they may be doing, you know, other other magical practices if they were if they're doing anything. But I, I actually like how you took it into the the realm of healing her from whatever was going on and yeah. kind of focus. So yeah, that was that was good. Yeah. Right off the bat. So Yeah. Um, yeah. And and looking at himself. I mean there's certain things that right. need to be also taken and focused on. It's not just somebody else always doing um something to you. I mean that's a victim consciousness and it doesn't yeah. mean that you don't have people doing things or hurting you or you are a but it's not a consistent. There's a there's a a part of you that is that is accepting a, a part of being a victim. And you know, over the years, I've heard more than that share on when people have worked with me and kind of pointed yeah. out things. So so there we are. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah. So I think what we're going to do, I know that we we have one here that's like there's a couple of questions that kind of are in a similar strain. So I'm going to kind of throw them out and then um, I'll kind of take my take on it and then see what you say and we'll go from there. Good. So um, I'm going to start mostly with uh, the first one that I want to start with is Jada. And Jada's question is, how do I turn myself into a real witch with real witch powers because I've tried every spell I could find on the Internet and they did not work. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> a real witch versus a non-real witch. Okay, first of all, um, being a witch, being that particular uh, structure of magic and spirituality is more than just spells, number one. It's training. It's finding, um, and you can, you know, I mean, we do know now that we have online um, covens and online training and and things that are, are, you know, um, put into Skyping and things of that nature. So it's not something that you have to have somebody in your town to go do it. But um, as a spell to sort of automatically go poof, uh, that doesn't exist. It's... um, 
great for television, it's great for movies, and it's even great for books, but it's definitely mm-hmm. not something that automatically turns you into that. It's years of work, um, and I mean that. Both you and I know that because we've done that and continue to do it. And I feel that personally you resonate, you feel it. You, there's a, there's, a, there's a, a gut level body energy connection to doing the work of learning and connecting with, and we've done a lot of talks on different aspects of um, witchcraft, different types and as well as, and traditions as well. And so I think that she, there's a lot she needs to go and start at square one as opposed to trying to fast forward and make it happen automatically. Yeah, I turn it over to you now. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. And I think, um, you know, the interesting thing here is, you know, how do I turn myself into a real witch? And then the other question that is a similar question is I want to be a witch so badly, right? So Mm -hmm. I think you need to be really clear about, dear writer, dear question asker, I think you, you need to be really clear about what you think a witch is. If you are expecting to pick up a wand and for magic to work like it does on Harry Potter, I'm sorry to tell you, that's not how it works. Uh, you know, as much as I would love for that to be the reality myself, because I would, you know, live in a fantasy world in my head, that's not what it is like. Right. Uh, you know, it's not quite that dramatic. However, you can, you know, the, magic is the art of changing consciousness at will. You, you can do really amazing things. You can change the world around you. You can step into power. But what I find is a lot of people who come to this realm who want to start practicing witchcraft don't feel powerful. And so what they're really saying is, I want power. And the more you learn about witchcraft, the more skills you develop, the more you walk this road, you become less interested in power and more interested in truth and being strong, and being stable within yourself. And this sort of quest to be powerful changes shape. It's no longer power because you want to feel big. It's more power so you can be in in alignment with the world around you. So look at what it is you think a real witch with real witch powers can mean. The other thing is the Internet is full of bullshit. Amen to that. The internet is full of bullshit. So if you're trying a spell that you got online, who knows what the hell you're trying? Who knows who made it up or who wrote it or what it was written for? Um, Doing spell work is more than just taking a spell someone else wrote and trying to, you know, copy the recipe, so to speak. You might get a result, but you might not. Um, If you're not solid and grounded and, Uh, clear in your intention and clear in who you are, if you're not a true channel, you're not going to accomplish shit, no matter how many spells you try. So the thing about witchcraft is it's twofold. Yes, it's magic and spellcraft, but it's also becoming a more solid human and becoming more grounded and centered in yourself and in your spirit. And the more grounded and centered you are, the stronger and faster and more adept you get at casting spells 
And conversely, or ironically, or whatever, the more grounded and centered and solid you are in your spirit, the less interested you are in doing spells to manipulate other people or whatever, right. because you're solid in yourself. You don't need that stuff. So, you know, keep trying. Find a teacher. Read some books from people who are, are well-known in the community for for their teaching and their lineage. Go get some Scott Cunningham books or whatever and, and start um, – Start honing your instrument of your, yourself and your soul and your body and see if you get better results. That was great. I like that. <laughs> there you go. I mean, we feel like we're, if we're, we're Dutch aunts. We can't be Dutch uncles, so we're Dutch aunts. Right, you know right. Is. So, yeah. And this is something that, you know, we talk about magic. We talk about witchcraft. It's always the – we thank – goodness that that kind of writing is out there that kind of you know they're opening up to those things but unfortunately there is so much um fantasy that we want to be reality that it, you get you really have to work on coming back to the to the perspective of where you are and working on yourself and that's yeah. you know a big big thing in any of the witchcraft traditions or, you know, traditions that we have in our, um, in the pagan tradition. So, you know, it right. goes back to me, what's going on with me. So, um, is there another question you want to go at now on your side? Sure. The and then after other that, question. we'll probably uh, take a break after we do your question. Oh, that's, that's a valid point. I didn't even notice what time it was. I know. Well, uh, it up. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, the other, well, like I, we said before, there's a lot of questions. But the one I really like here is from Kia, who says, okay, so I'm a very new witch, like two weeks at most. And I'm kind of scared of accidentally summoning slash welcoming, I'm not sure what the word is, I'm sorry, evil or negative things. I still want to work with witchcraft, but I think I want to take a while to build up to that. My question is, is there any form of magic that I could try out before getting into spells and rituals? Kitchen witchery seems like a good option or sigils or other small things I could do every day. Would doing things like this be less likely to invite negative energies or should I build up my defensive and warding knowledge? Thanks. This is a great question. I love this question. Um, so right off the bat, I mean, there's so many things going through my head when I read this. The first thing is don't be scared period. Uh, don't be scared. If, unless you are attempting to summon an evil spirit, the chances of you accidentally doing that are really, really small. It's really small. Is it possible? Sure. But the likelihood, really small, unless you are intending to invite in a negative spirit. Now, in saying that, it is good to know your defensive magic, your warding magic. It's good to know how to cast a circle and create an energetic barrier so that anything you do, you are already setting up protections. So understanding warding, shielding, and creating circles, that is the first step. Those are the first things you should learn. Um, understanding how to ground and center yourself. Those are the first things that you should learn. These are all the foundations that you build upon, and the more magic you practice, the more those things become easy and part of your the, of the routine, and you don't even really have to think about doing them. They just you just do them. Um, 
the other thing I want to say is things like, so sigils is actually not small. Like something <laughs> simple like sigils, that's not, that's not something simple. That's, that's actually pretty heavy. And I would say kitchen witchery, you're probably already doing and don't realize it. Every time you cook something, the energy you're holding in your mind and your body is going into your food. People, anyone who cooks does kitchen witchery. It's just whether they're doing it intentionally or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that mm-hmm. that is a great place to start because it's something you're doing every day. Um, I know there's more, but I, I'll I'll pass it to you while my brain continues to cipher through the things <laughs> I want to. Well, obviously, you know the one of the things we learn obviously is just that you, you when you learn how to cast a circle, you learn yeah. how to put up warts, you learn how to call in for protection so and we talked about that we also talked about the um, aspects of setting up protections around your home you know places where you are your car things like that well of course that would be in my personal opinion the first thing you do is set up a space where you are protected this is my place or you find a special amulet that you feel protected so that when you walk out in the world you are protected and you have a shield, and uh, that way, whatever you participate in, magically or not, you create the environment of protection around you, and you have defense, and then you start, you know, working with things, and obviously, I wouldn't call Beelzebub for protection, I would probably (laughs) call, you know, one of the more, you know, like, what do I want to call it? the more warrior-like protectors, Anubis, you know, like, hi, mm-hmm. you know, I, I use Anubis a lot for my car, you know, because I just feel, you know, you have dogs in cars, I have a, you know, a jackal that takes care of my car. Um, but, again, you, you know what you're, you're doing, so research your, your energy patterns, the deities, the, the uh, things that you're going to work with before you start calling in things and get an idea what you want to do in terms of that, but back to the last um, question, power is something you do work with, but you need to be clear. If you're going to go after power for power's sake, then, yeah, you're going to need to know a hell of a lot of warding, a lot of defense, and a lot of protection because that you hold a big space. You're going to hold something mm-hmm. big. But if you're starting out, you learn how to cast your circle, you you know, you get your, your tools. The tools are tools. They're not the actual thing, but they're tools to use to focus your your energies in. And then you kind of work from there. But you have to have foundation. And as you say, when she said sigils, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, I mean, there's yeah. a lot that goes into that. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, over the years, I... I've researched it. I've, I've kind of, I've put my toes in, and only recently have I actually felt confident enough to to work with those things, those energies, and um, and as you say, kitchen witchery, um, green witch. These are things that you know, plants and and energies out there, and working with cooking and you know the sacredness of those things is is a good way to begin because you do it every day. So I feel. You know, there are keynotes here in her question that actually point mm-hmm. to things that she 
can already be doing because she's already thinking of them. Right. Right. So, yeah, did your I agree get there. Jogged? You know, what, what did you say? I said, did your memory get jogged as to what else you wanted to, yeah. to run with? Absolutely. I would say, you know, she says that she's new to this only like two weeks, but she uses some very specific words that lead me to believe she's already been doing some really great research. So that's Mm -hmm. awesome. You know, keep reading, keep learning, keep trying things. Um, You know, if you already know the word warding and sigil, you know, you're already ahead of a lot of people who have been practicing for two weeks. That's great. Uh, So keep doing that. And if there's um, any local groups in your area that are doing things, you know, take some classes, go to some public rituals. There's so many traditions out there, too, that you have the opportunity to, to learn from many people with many different flavors of doing things. So, so it's kind of, it's an exciting place to be. <laughs> we have been practicing for two weeks. Kind of jealous. I know. <laughs> I know. Ah, oh, the newbie yeah. idea. It's just like, oh, my I God. I know. Yeah. So we should give our momentary pause here for our commercial break time. Yes. Yes. We will be right back. I like it. <laughs> I think I just like the genie music, but okay. Yeah, it's uh, good music. It is good music. I, I think it reminds us of a time way back when things were kind of more fantasy orientated and innocent. You know, like, oh, yes. So, um, one of the ones I would like to go with now in terms of questions is. Um, Padme Shay, and it's, I need to live happily with my husband, but he is a mama's boy who never gives me any importance how to, in, any importance, how to change him. Meaning she would have right. to change him. And, um, well, number one, uh, very hard to change mama's boys yep. or, or men in general to try and do that, uh, pushing them out of a particular area. So, Um, As far as I looked at this and I thought, you know, the one thing I would suggest she do is work with sweetening the mother to her because even simple, you know, little sugar spells where, you know, get a cup, put the mother's name at the bottom, put a cup of sugar in, get a key, turn it counterclockwise, 
and basically, you know, something of unlock and sweeten so-and-so to me, making her more uh, receptive to my energies and becoming uh, good friends or whatever. And do that and do it on a regular basis. And obviously in a lot of traditions, you try to bake something with it and make sure she eats it or put a little bit in something she's drinking so she ingests it. Um, I personally feel a lot of times it's just the actual energy that you're working with that will do the, do the process. Uh, and that way you do it from a different angle because if mama starts to like you, then he's going to be more receptive to what you're saying and become as she you know, wants to be you know, important uh, and, and looked at positively. She also, um, from her name, comes from what looks like a more um, Hindu tradition and India. Yeah. And that is a very difficult, that's cultural. So depending on if it's in the old country or if they're very structured wherever, that whatever place they're living in, and this is something that is part of it, that is also something that it's, it's a hierarchical consciousness of something that is very hard, tradition to break and to, to pull out of. And the last thing I would say is avoid doing coercive magic um, yeah, because that has more tendency to uh, rip the fabric apart rather than strengthening or making it better. Right. What do you have to say? Yeah, I agree with that. I think that often the the reaction when you're in a situation where you're not getting what you need from a partnership is to change the partner and that's hard to do like you use the word coercive you know it's hard to do it's it's you know someone is shaped like a square it's really hard to change their shape into a rectangle you know it's it requires a lot more external force Uh, but if you can change the circumstances around that situation it can be a lot easier so you know getting into a good relationship with a mother-in-law is a lot easier sweetening something making something more um, amicable is easier than than trying to put a crowbar between a mother and her son and honestly at least in my experience uh, you know there is a bond between husband and wife a spiritual bond a legal bond an emotional bond but this the connection between a mother and her child can sometimes be stronger so if you're trying to put a magical crowbar between those two people, you might find that you get some hit back that it actually causes them to become closer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, getting in good with mama might be a way easier way to approach this situation than trying to get more control over him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, also doing the sweetening spell for him so that he, he, sees how important you are he is kinder and gentler and sweeter to you maybe there needs to be a little bit more sweetness in your relationship it's not just about the mama's boy but he's not making you important so working on that too and and doing some sweetening not just with mama but with him right Um, Right. and you know working on 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 a happy family Mm -hmm. if that makes sense oh that makes perfect sense because invariably we try to find ways to the 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 person that we we focus on is 
the one we want to work on. But a lot of what I see when you, you go at it from another angle, you get a better uh, interaction. You, you create because you're not going head on and, you know, like butting heads with a wall. You're doing something a little bit uh, obliquely. And I, I think that is as much of a tactic in magic that can succeed. I mean, we all know sometimes if we do something differently, we get a really good response rather than just like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fight fire with fire, and I'm going to go blah. Mm-hmm. You, know, and that's a, you know, that kind of has a uh, harder, you have a harder road to go with. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that would be um, something that you can work with from that side. And I so, do you have any other ones? I know we've got a lot. So, you know, we just sort of we knew we wanted to hit certain ones that had meat on them, and there are others that do still have meat. I'm going to gnaw on them too. But um, yeah, what ones would you like to go with next? Yeah, um, I actually like. I'm curious about. I'm going to squeeze this question down. It's kind of long, uh, but Yola's question about doing a love spell and a breakup spell. And they're asking, uh, will both spells manifest, and how long does it take for both spells to manifest? And if I'm being impatient, does that affect the success rate? These are good questions. Mm-hmm. Um, how long is it? Will both spells manifest? So a love spell and a breakup spell at the same time. Will they both manifest? Sure, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, it's possible. I mean, it's easier if you're trying to break a relationship up and then have one of those people in the relationship fall in love with you. Um, you know, that that's tricky. You have a lot of moving parts there. I'm not a fan of breakup work. I don't do it. I don't endorse it. I don't encourage it. But to answer this question, you sh- it's, it's ideal to do the breakup work first and then the love work because if you're hitting someone with too many conflicting energies, it, it might not manifest as quickly as you want um how long does it take for both spells to manifest who the hell knows man that's not the way magic works if we could do this shit on a time schedule and be like okay on thursday at 2 30 you're gonna get in the fight drive by the house and that you'll get what you want like, do you know how rich we would be <laughs> no kidding works? oh my god that would be great i would, I there, would. Is, there is no clear-cut answer um, and yes, your impatience will absolutely affect the success rate. A watched pot never boils. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and um, yeah, um, you know, when you have the last name of love, you, you I mean, we get a lot of love, love questions, yeah. breakup questions, workings, and all. I just, you know, it's. I went into this with a name that sort of is the catchphrase for that one area that everybody focuses on, um, second only to um, money. <laughs> but um, that that process of breaking up, hmm, that's a hard one because I, I am with, with um, Phoenix on that. I definitely am like, uh, I'm not opposed. I don't do. I do not endorse breakups and separation and, you know, all the, the that particular energy, um, mostly because it's not about karma, what goes around comes around, and sometimes I have to explain that just because you break somebody up and then get the, the person you want 
that you're going to break up with, you know, you're now set the karma wheel into effect and you get broken up from this person and that thing. It's other areas. It will hit other areas. It doesn't necessarily hit love. It may hit your work. You may wind up out of work. You may, I mean, there's so many things about the, the process that goes on, but um, I tend to feel that if you're going to do this, you do the breakup like Phoenix said first. Then you do the love. To try and do both at the same time, you're going to get it like I have to – I'm not saying that you did this, but it becomes half-assed. You didn't put all right. of your focus on one, then all of your focus on the other. It's because you want it instantaneously, so you're going to do everything at once to get it, and that is it. Magic, spiritual practice, any of that is – um, never instantaneous. It is all right. work. And what we keep trying to figure out is how to get spirit to fit our linear time structure, and that ain't going to happen. Right. So, yeah. But um, it's interesting, you know, You know. yes, you're being impatient. Just to, to yes. let you know, the answer is yes, you're being in, impatient. And will it affect your success on your spell rates? Yes, it will. Yep. When you make something fast, like I'm going to make a dinner fast and I throw it all together and there it is, you don't take the time. You make something, a dress, you're going to make something. You do put it all together fast. You're not taking the time. So it's not right. going to be the best outcome. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't mean that we can't do something because we need something quickly. We focus and quickly put it together, but we have to know mm-hmm. how to do that other work so that even though we may need it instantaneously in something, we are slow about the putting it all and working on it and putting the power behind it. Right. Right. And that's the thing that, you know, that a lot of people come to the practice of witchcraft or magic or spell work because of desperation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so a, a lot of people, and honestly, that's how I came to this. I started practicing witchcraft because at the age of 15, I was desperate. My heart was broken, and I would do anything to mend that and or bring that person back into my life. I would do anything. And I found magic. I found spellcraft. I found witchcraft. But then what happened is I discovered this wasn't just about this thing. This was about my own healing, and it became more than just practicing a spell. Mm-hmm. It became my faith and my religion and my spiritual practice. Uh-huh. But that's not true for everyone. Many people stumble upon witchcraft or spell work because of desperation. And so it's important. I know it's hard because I've been there. I get it. I feel it. But it's important to not rush into something when you are in that place of desperation. We don't make good decisions when we are in that place of desperation. That's when we do coercive magic. That's when we do things that cause harm. That's when we do things that are aggressive or or harsh because we're in that place of fear. It's not healthy. So really, you know, and I don't want to lecture about doing break of work or cursing work or whatever. That's not what this is about, but just be cautious about the magic and the spells that you do when you're in that place of fear, because it's harder to manifest what you want when it's coming from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, so I kind of want to go with this because it's, you know, again, it's, it's, how do I want to put this? Um, there is another one. There's a couple here, which I understand there's a certain 
there's got to be something around why you ask this. Um, mm-hmm. Melody asked, can you give me a spell that would give me amnesia? Right. Okay, number one, no. Right. Number two, what you want is to not remember something that probably is very hurtful and or difficult. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I understand that totally. But um, you, do, you know, amnesia is not something you can do. And I, I kind of, I have a little um, spiel I give clients about, you know, yeah, you can if you do lobotomy. Um, if you go out and get seriously brain injured and hurt, and yes, you will have amnesia. Yes, you can do that. But as far as like a selective amnesia, like I will not remember this, no, because <laughs> our brain is a computer. Or if you think of it, even when you wipe from the computer, the cloud still carries your, mm-hmm. your stuff. It's never gone. But what you right. have to realize is to do something like this is to lessen the energy charge on it, the amount of energy you put to it or have going to it, because it will recede, it will fade, it will go away. We all have things that have happened in our lives, good and bad, that suddenly fade into the background and we really don't remember them. Now, obviously, the more traumatic things, more dramatic things, they have a lot on it, yes. But that's also, there's another part of this is that there are some techniques to help worth work with it that can be considered magical. But in my opinion, it's personal work that you do on whatever the situation is to try and release that energy in a consistent, simplistic way of just moving it out. Like, you know, you don't carry... You don't eat your meal and carry all that byproduct waste in your body forever. You have bodily functions that get rid of that. And when they don't, they create problems, and then you go get things Mm -hmm. to help you take care of it. And the same thing is true with the energy around these things. You flush the energy out. And that's how I would look at this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my so when I first read this question, it made me really sad because I just had this feeling that something terrible has happened to this person and they want to forget. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that is the case, then my heart goes out to you. I just ha- I don't I don't know that this is the truth. It's just what my my hit my instinct was, and it makes me feel very sad. You know, so it's a. Um, it's finding a road to healing and it's, uh, you, you know, getting therapy, going to get, see a doctor, going uh, to meditation classes, joining a, a support group, finding a group online that you can chat with, right? It's doing all of the mundane things and the spiritual things to help bolster yourself. Um, you know, because if, if this is about wanting or needing to forget something painful, that's that's really hard. And you don't forget. You learn how to deal. You learn how to move on. You learn how to walk through life wearing that scar. But you don't forget. Uh, and if I'm way off base, you know, because this could also be like, hey, I did something terrible to someone else and I wanted to make them forget, you know. Um, like what? Th- that's a storyline from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
uh, Willow keeps doing magic, and her girlfriend Tara wants her to stop, so she does this spell to make Tara forget that they got in a fight about magic, right? And then it backfires. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't a spell to make someone else forget. It, that doesn't happen. So if yeah. you know if that's the situation of where we're coming from with this, then then you just have to make amends, and it's about time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sadly yeah. there is no magic for that. No. No. Um, We do have a couple of questions which we should at least discuss quickly, mostly because they're ones that would take readings, and we would probably Mm -hmm. need more. Um, One of them is from Ashvin. Um, It's, hello, good morning. I wish to ask if I have something like spiritual gifts and angels in my life, because having lots of things happening, thank you. Uh, there would probably need to be a little more back story we need mm-hmm. to know to be able to do a reading on that. I mean, uh, even if it's a 10-minute little goodie, we, we usually try to get, you know, what are some of the things that have been happening to you, um, something like that, so we could get a little better read for you. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah there's a few questions here, and maybe we just need to update our form but there's a few questions here about, um, you know, spiritual, specific spiritual guides or when will I, can I, when will I become pregnant, things like that. And with questions like that, we need a little bit more information because these are questions that need readings. But if we don't have a birth date or any other information about you, it's really hard to do a reading on a name alone and an email address. You know, a little bit of a backstory is helpful. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to tell people that at all. Um, yeah, we that's would That's not that. what we would be putting out on on, the, on this program, but it would be helpful for us because yeah. it gives us a chance to, to connect with who you mm-hmm. are so we can give you a better answer. The last one I would like to leave us with is, um, is one that I find interesting. It's from Razine, and it's, Can You Turn Me Into Someone Else? I'm going to ask, can you do this, Phoenix? Yes, I can. All it takes is several hundred thousand dollars on a plastic surgeon. Ah, there you go. All right. <laughs> All right. I like that one. That one is practical and out in the real world. As far as anything <laughs> else, um, no, we don't Not have. Really. You know, the magic is, again, that, that kind of, you know, you're trying to change yourself externally to look like someone else or to be someone else or whatever, It's that's computer graphics, darling. That is purely mm-hmm. part of the fantasy world of, of movies, TV, and all of that. And, and otherwise, Phoenix's practical point of reference would be how you would do that. As far as, you know, um, there is a point where it's all about turning yourself personally into someone else, meaning you change. You change mm-hmm. yourself to be a better person, a better you, a better person. If you don't like yourself, then there is a need to go um, explore areas that you can work on. Some of it can be magical, some meditation, spiritual practices, therapy, counseling, uh, things that work all the way around to change who you are. But if it's, you know, just to become rock, well, that would take it. Um, Brad Pitt uh, ain't going to work. Yeah. It, it doesn't yeah. work, though. 
So now, I mean, there are things that you can do to, you know, there are glamours that you can put on that will subtly adjust your energy, uh, you know, but a glamour like like you might see in a movie where you completely look like someone else. No, I mean, I actually do believe that's possible, uh, but it takes so much energy and power that the one human being able to hold that glamour for longer than a moment is highly unlikely. Uh, And I've never seen it done. That doesn't mean it's not possible, but I've never seen it done. But I think you can, you can subtly adjust your energy. Mm -hmm. um, So that like one really easy example is to become invisible. Can you completely become invisible? So no one sees you? No, but, you can adjust your energy so you sort of sink into the background mm-hmm. and people, someone might walk, like at a party, if you focus on, you know, blending in with the couch and sinking your energy and sort of dissolving into the space around you, you might notice that someone accidentally sits on you. This is actually one of my superpowers. I can make myself invisible. I'm very good at it. <laughs> um, I, I, this was re- reinforced at witch camp this last week uh, at, so that's possible, subtly adjusting your, your energies to make you bigger, smaller, invisible, um, stand out more. You can do all of that, but to change the way you look or turn you into someone else, no. not, not I th- And, again, I do think it's possible, but I think it would take so much energy and so much spiritual power that by the time you could accomplish the task, you wouldn't really be interested in doing it. Right. Because, you know, it is the energy that we utilize to shift, just like you say, to go invisible. Yes, you can. It's it's the chameleon effect. It's it's blending Mm -hmm. in. And I find that that is, you know, that is, you know, like shape-shifting. Can you shape-shift? Yes. Um, it's energetic. It doesn't make you instantaneously right. change from um, a human to a dog or a, a cat or whatever. It is it's something you shape-shift, and you do a lot of it on the, the non-physical plane, not the real plane. But I also right. feel you can take on the, the essences, the energies, the pattern, and be that but you don't become it physically in the real world and change. I'm, you know, I'm not being a downer. Um, I am trying to be practical in what we can and can't do based on where mm-hmm. most of us are and where most of us will go. Uh, and as yeah. you say, you go to a level where you could actually do it, you probably would go, eh, not really. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's the thing with spiritual growth is, you know, again, like I said at the beginning, a lot of this is to – to get more powerful, and as you get more powerful, you're less in, you, you become less interested in wielding that power in negative ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I bet if we knew the shit the Dalai Lama could actually do with the amount of power that man possesses, he could probably do all kinds of crazy stuff that we don't think is possible, but he's not interested because he is in this place of of enlightenment that we don't have either you know i'm I'm fascinated by this topic it's been on my mind a lot lately so um, i appreciate this question yes and that's why it was good to end with it because we are actually very much at our time yes we are (laughs) so obviously we have and and i was 
communing with Phoenix before our show. Um, next week is a particular rerun, um, mm. which is going to be a surprise to me because I didn't write it down on my calendar, so I don't necessarily know. And <laughs> then the following week is the uh, fall equinox rerun that we do mm-hmm. every year for that time frame. Yes. So, yeah, and then the following week will be something fun we don't know yet. Yes, it will be Yay. totally part of our new new times, new new put, yeah. new point of reference from where we stopped two months ago. <laughs> That's right. So, okay, well, have a wonderful week, and we will talk live in a couple of weeks, but please Sounds good. read runs and, and enjoy. All right, stay wiki. Stay wiki. I love it. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Leon Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.